What is it about society that disappoints you so much? Oh, I don't know. Is it that we collectively thought Steve Jobs was a great man, even when we knew he made billions off the backs of children? Or maybe it's that it feels like all our heroes are counterfeit. The world itself's just one big hoax. Spamming each other with our burning commentary bullshit masquerading as insight. Our social media faking as intimacy. Or is it that we voted for this? Not with our rigged elections, but with our things, our property, our money. I'm not saying anything new, we all know why we do this, not because Hunger Games books makes us happy, but because we want to be sedated. Because it's painful not to pretend, because we're cowards. Fuck society. Might be a bit of a strong start, but he's right, you know. As active participants in society, we do vote for the things that we see on a daily basis, even the distasteful things. We spend most of our time voting for these particular things, not necessarily just during elections, but mostly using our time, energy and effort to place certain people in power put certain people on our screens and integrate certain things into our societal systems. I hold the belief that many of the celebrities you see were technically selected. It's not merely their hard work that paid off. They were precisely chosen to play specific roles within the societal systems that we have. This might be to motivate people to believe they can make it or to distract others. A plant is a plausible concept. However, my inner belief suggests that there are more plants within society than we realize, can see or wish to believe. This underscores that there are many things beyond our control, but also that we do have control over certain aspects, even if we tend to think otherwise. I'll play another clip um, that delves into the topic of misinformation. Many hold the belief that the minority controls the majority due to resources they possess, or they are able to control the majority due to those particular resources. Now, while this holds true in terms of monetary wealth and economic power, the most potent resource they could ever wield are knowledge and Information. Information is more powerful than anything else on this planet. And when you control the information and narrative, you can effectively control the masses. Now, just for the clip a little bit before we carry on. Have you ever heard of a game called Werewolf? No. Everyone gets a piece of paper. It's either got Villager written on it, but two have the word Werewolf. Someone runs the game to make sure no one's cheating, and they go, okay, it's nighttime, everyone close your eyes. Werewolves choose someone to kill, and the werewolves go... They say, okay, everyone close your eyes, it's morning time, open them again. During the night, Francis was killed. There's then a conversation, and this is where it gets interesting, mm. between all the villagers and the two werewolves, 
over who the werewolves are. Then at the end of the day, the, the villagers have to decide who they're going to kill. And they say, well, we're going to kill Constantine. <laughs> it's revealed by the person running the game, I'm afraid Constantine was a villager. And the game continues. Mm -hmm. The villagers win the game if they kill both werewolves. Mm -hmm. The werewolves win the game if they kill all but two villagers. And the werewolves usually win. The game was invented by a student of sociology in Russia who wanted to prove his thesis that an uninformed majority will always lose a battle of information against an informed minority. So that just shows when you have hidden information, you can completely manipulate a large group of people. Mm. The clip explains the uses of false information by the minority to manipulate the majority, which many believe is the reality in which we find ourselves in today. Of course, society comprises of many other aspects. It's not just knowledge or information that creates society, it's also the people participating in the game of society. Be it in the Hunger Games of economy, social games or educational games, it's primarily the people engaging in these activities that shape society. So what happens when you as a participant lack the accurate information you're supposed to have, not just about your current activities, but also about your history, origin and how everything operates? What occurs when you lack true information regarding these aspects? This is where we unify all the facets we've previously discussed, the factors and conditions that collectively create society, such as ethics, modesty, morality, economy conditions, educational conditions, and so many more. These aspects discussed prior to this episode contribute to the formation of society. I'm not suggesting you need to revisit the entirety of the podcast before understanding this particular episode. You don't really have to, but it could provide a more complete picture. When we examine these conditions, these facets of society and the things we've crafted throughout history to shape today's society as participants, not rulers, controllers, editors or subcontractors. Can we confidently say we possess all the information and knowledge about our present society? Can we accept that we're well versed in histories, wars and challenges humans have faced? presenting them as facts for our discernment and navigation in this society? Can, can, can we really claim to be truly informed enough to make decisions for the future? The conditions in which we live sometimes subject us to discrimination and subjugation by others. In order to answer all these questions, we must first start by understanding what the true meaning of society is. Initially, we'll delve into the etymology of society and take it from there. But before we begin, ponder on this quote that I will bring back later on. Panem et sicensis, Latin for bread and circus. With that being said, welcome to the Think Peace podcast where we discuss a wide range of topics that aim to question reality as we know and believe it to be. 
My name is Ian M. Simangu, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about society, its conditions and rules, and other factors we have created throughout history and have influenced the way we observe reality and see each other. Before we dive in, understand that you don't need to be familiar with the industry standards, details, and terminologies of these topics. I aim to keep things concise, straightforward, and will avoid using any unnecessary jargon. My goal is to provide you with accurate information that you can use to have engaged in discussions about these topics. The goal of this podcast is to foster engaging discussions about the things that we observe and experience. If you enjoy the show and find value in it, Consider subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with people you believe will appreciate the content as much as you do. Let's kick it off with the definition of society as it lays the foundation for the subject at hand. So, what is society? The term society originated in the 1930s and has evolved to mean club or group and or people bound by neighborhood and intercourse, a way of living together in an ordered community. The Society Islands were again named in 1769 by Cook in honor of the Royal Society in our context. Society transcends the mere coexistence of individuals within a space. It embodies a dynamic interplay of lives and shared beliefs and collaborative endeavors. Imagine a vibrant garden in your backyard or around your neighborhood and ecosystem of that nature where the bustling activities of plants, insects and various organisms mirror the dynamics of society. In this thriving environment, individuals play roles similar to cells, joining forces to cultivate the soil, facilitate the pollination and create a harmonious setting for growth. Instead of a rigid concrete jungle envision the garden as a living organism in itself where each element contributes to the overall vitality together they form an intricate web of connections exchanging nutrients supporting one another and collectively contributing to the flourishing ecosystem their social contract is an unspoken agreement that protects the unity of the community and is based on cooperation among members who share common standards and values. Given, now given, the current state of society, it's crucial to begin by asking fundamental questions to gain a deeper understanding of the matter at hand and the reasons behind our current positions. Reflecting on how and why we ended up here the answers lie in the foundational concepts we've established in communities unwritten regulations naturally developed as the population expanded these rules 
became official, transforming moral principles into binding legislations. The introduction of economics marked a shift from the barter system to the mixed-use economic system we currently find ourselves in. Societies needed a method to sustain their members and support a growing community and population. Now, transitioning from a history of wars to a collective pursuit, societies sought common ground beyond conflict. People came to realize that life is more than just battles, and leaving a lasting legacy requires stability and sustainable growth. Consequently, religion, tradition, and cultural customs emerged as unifying forces for those in particular religions or regions. Spiritual aspects addressing matters of the soul not only help us recognize something greater than ourselves, but also provide a sense of direction, hope, and faith in mankind as a whole and in each other. All of this, all of this points to a crucial query. Considering how intricate these societal factors and circumstances are, what general effect do they have on how we see ourselves, how we relate to others, and how much we believe in the shared human experience? There are now several methods to respond to this question. We can begin by examining past events to determine the course of conflict, the value of land, and the impracticality of sharing. We can go back and examine the Renaissance and how it affected society then and there, how slavery affected matters of race today, and its systematic imprints on how we treat people of different races. These are just a few of the reasons behind exploration from sailing across the seas to finding new land to making scientific discoveries that have altered the course of humanity forever. Yes, yes, we still have a long way to go, but instead of focusing on the past, let's take a moment to appreciate the present. Indeed, all that is taking place at this time has been a causality of what happened then. But we have discussed what happened then in some points of detail. So for the time being, let's just look at now. With all of the freedoms, technologies and self-help available to us in this day and age on social media, along with the ability to self-diagnose, self-help and consult self-appointed experts in every field of endeavor, how does today's society affect our objective view of humanity as a whole, as well as its position in the future? The truth can be found in the fuzziness surrounding the individualism and self-importance of the people we come across on the internet on a daily basis. In actuality, a new wrinkle, the rise of a hyper-individuality driven by the age, by the digital age, emerges inside this colourful, colourful tapestry. With their abundance of well-chosen profiles and filtered reality, social media sites act as echo chambers, causing our opinions to harden into reassuring bubbles. 
Information is tailored by algorithms to our tastes, which reinforces prejudices and muffles opposing viewpoints. All of a sudden, the impartial perspective on mankind that was previously obtained through a variety of encounters and common experiences is reduced to a disjointed mosaic that is assembled from the remnants of our virtual echo chambers. This, this is not merely an issue of viewpoint. There are practical ramifications. The strands of social cohesiveness break when empathy and understanding fail. Confirmation bias and the attractiveness of self-proclaimed experts drive the spread of misinformation like wildfire. The very liberties that enable us to connect with like-minded people, diagnose ourselves and seek aid from others may also isolate us from the larger human experience, causing a society riven by mistrust and somehow false ideologies. In a way, in a way one could say it's an organized destruction that affects the population at large in one go. Do you, do you remember the quote I mentioned earlier? Panem et sicensis, which is Latin for bread and circus. The quote in full is by a Roman poet, Juvenal, and it reads, Already long ago, when we sold our vote to no man, the people abdicated our duties. For the people who once upon a time handed out military command, high civil office, legions, everything now restrains itself and anxiously hopes for just two things, bread and circus. In Juvenal's quote, he reflects on a historical shift in Roman society, emphasizing the citizens' diminishing engagement in civic duty. Previously, people actively participated in decision-making, holding roles in military command and high civil office as well as legions. However, over time, there was a notable abdication of these responsibilities, with the populace direct redirecting their focus to more immediate concerns. Bread and circus. The bread and circus are a representation for basic substance and entertainment, food and destruction, fast food and entertainment of whatever kind you can think of, soccer, football, rugby, ball cups, Olympics, the entertainment networks that we watch, television, the streaming services that we have, all of it, whatever you can name. This historical observation serves, or rather served, maybe it still serves, as a cautionary tale about the consequences of societal destruction to the potential erosion of civic responsibility. Translating this to today's context, the quote suggests parallels with modern societies where distractions, akin to bread and circus, can divert attention from crucial civic engagement. In the age of technology and social media, there's a risk of society becoming preoccupied with immediate gratification and entertainment, potentially leading to disconnection from fundamental civic responsibility. It prompts 
contemplation on how, in our pursuit of ease and amusement, we might unintentionally neglect the collective duties necessary for sustaining a vibrant and responsible community, similar to the times to which we find ourselves in, where one of the major amusement tools that we find ourselves utilizing most of the time being TikTok and one of the things that we may say that require our civic involvement is the wars that keep occurring across the boards. See, when considering this, let's take for instance um, technology and its primary purpose of making our lives easier as it gradually improves, of course, even if the overarching goal to simplify human existence it appears that we have steered too far in that direction potentially causing substantial harm to the fundamental fabric of our communities often we overlook the diversity of legal systems and cultural norms exemplified by recent issues where influencers wreak havoc in other nations under the guise of creating content for social media these actions not only irritate local populations, but it's also a breach of the moral standards, laws and conventions of those particular foreign countries that those so-called content creators found themselves in, even locally. It's still somewhat a form of a nuisance and a bothersome just for the sole purpose of creating content. See... While our advocacy for harmony and compassion remains steadfast, there's a discernible selectivity in choosing which war-torn nation to support, often based on their global status. Should our focus be on the worrying states of the West? Let me start over again. Should our focus be on the worrying states of the West? or the developing and emerging economies of Africa, now grappling with impoverishment and violence due to the resources they can provide to the rest of the world. This brings a lot more information, more precisely in regards to how certain African nations are being treated just based on what they can provide to the rest of the world to improve the technologies that we continue to use and how when something as simple as a fire breaks from a cathedral the entire world will rank up and donate as much money as possible to recreate that said historical monument but when it comes to alleviating the pressure of the said growing economies in Africa and other smaller nations. Many just bat an eye. Many are shy to even lift a finger. And the only thing that these small nations, these small growing economies, these African nations ever, ever get is just a song collaborated by Western celebrities in an attempt to raise funds that somehow most of these African nations never see. <laughs> now, navigating to the ever-changing landscape of the world we inhabit is 
it's quite complex especially for those not staying in touch with global developments technology can pass you by news about neighboring countries children disappearing seasons of kidnapping violence murder and more can simply slip past you as you attempt to enjoy every aspect of your life it's not to say you don't care but for many the overwhelming events of the past 5 years might induce sheer or might have induced sheer exhaustion in some cases this fatigue is a consequence of the congruence of the systems in which we find ourselves in the congruence of the pressure of the systems to which we constantly constantly find ourselves in being vigilant about finances and safety becomes paramount maintaining connections with neighbors family and friends while simultaneously pursuing a career aligned with your desired life requires a delicate balance all the occurrences in the world whether subjective or objective are enough to prompt many of us towards therapy yet we thrive despite it all so for a moment ask yourself in light of all that has happened in light of all that will happen and in light of all that is continuing to happen today how are you how are you handling all of it where do you see humanity in the future Do you even have the luxury to ask yourself where you see humanity in the future? Do you believe we will eventually adjust and connect in a way that benefits all parties involved or are we headed for a downfall before the rise? Even if there's no rise, are we just headed for a downfall? With all the societal conditions we have discussed and many more factors affecting how we create our communities, in your observed reality in your objective reality how are we doing as the human community thus far consider the technologies that we have the social medias that we are constantly bombarded with the change of the same cell phone that we are yearly bombarded with the change in certain technological advances that we are constantly bombarded with the change in say right now artificial intelligence that is said to take over a number of people's jobs or maybe it'll just take over the jobs of the people who are not utilizing the ai who knows who knows but take all of these factors consider all of these factors the wars that keep happening worldwide the breakouts the fires the terror the chaos the kidnapping seasons the disappearing of children the jeffrey epstein news that constantly is on the rise of leaking more information in regards to everything that happened on that particular island and every single party involved and what they are doing outside and currently doing to protect their asses consider everything from your CEO in whatever office you work taking home 10 million dollars to you taking home measly 1000 dollars consider everything and ask yourself 
how are we doing as the human community thus far? Hopefully when these questions are answered, we can discover some issues within the programs we have established and work to foster a better world for ourselves and for the better of our future. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this journey into the world of societal conditions. I know it can be a lot to think about, but it's important to question the reality we live in. I hope you'll join us again in the next series as we discuss the fundamentals of this podcast and the importance of the questions we've asked thus far and will continue to ask in the future. In the meantime, I encourage you to keep thinking about these topics and if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to share them. Take care.